Hello and welcome to the Untitled Gen X Podcast. A podcast hosted by two childhood best friends dedicated to the pop culture that raised us. I'm Kate, a writer, a midwife, a current day pop culture know-nothing, but nobody puts baby in a corner when it comes to the pop culture of my youth. And I'm Lori, a writer and pop culture lover who's still not over how my so-called life left us hanging. Today, we're talking about none other than Wham's chart-topping, toe-tapping hits, Last Christmas and Everything She Wants. Released as a double A-side in December 1984, we're diving deep into the videos, lyrics, and trivia that make both songs karaoke favorites to this day. Hey, Kate. Hey, Lori. I'm actually really, really excited about this episode. Like, strangely excited about this episode. (laughs) It's Wham! What is not to love? It's Wham! I grew up listening to Wham. I was into it. They were great. And it was so fun. All of the things that we've revisited, like they're there, they're in our heads, they're in our backgrounds, but the details, you forget the details. And so to go back and revisit and remember just all of the fun parts of life in the 80s. And we hear the song every Christmas. And I'll admit there have been years that I'm like, okay, enough. I've heard this song enough. They do like to play it a lot. They do. It was actually the highest selling UK single of all time not to reach number one. And over 2 million copies of this have been sold. I mean, it's epic. Right. And then, I mean, imagine how many more downloaded, like, since that's become a thing. Most definitely. And I don't know that I had actually ever seen the video, which is strange to me. So I had that same experience. I think that I saw it like a time or two. And this is the only reason why, which is really lame. The scene where they're getting onto the, what's that called? The thing that carries them up the mountain. (laughs) I'm going to call that a sky gondola. Yeah. Or it's like a people mover. Right. Yeah. They have a sky tram. A tram. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So the scene where they're getting onto it, I think like at that point in my life, I had never been on one of those. And so I was like, what are they doing? Where are they? And I remember being confused by that as a child. But beyond that, I really didn't remember the video much at all. But I'm sure. Oh, I take that back because also when they're having the party, I do remember as a kid thinking, this is what it's like to be an adult. You have like fancy Christmas parties and like all of your friends come and you drink wine and like you laugh a lot. (laughs) Especially in the year 2020. Isn't this a thing we're doing now? Right. Yeah. No, no. but it was, it was sort of for this year, it was sort of nice to see people coming together and and able to do that, you know, without any restrictions. What's that like? It does the heart good. The video is actually kind I don't know. I was amused by it. I don't think it was intended to be amusing. And yet I was amused. It was amusing. There were so many things. The hair really felt like the center of the video. And I'm sure that was not the intention at the time. <laughs> it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I have to say, even though we all sort of chuckle at 1980s hairstyles with good reason, they also, I mean, they were kind of fabulous just for what they were, oh. right? Like, like there was just definitely so there was a lot going on yeah it was the aquanet era all of the feathering yes in the video we open on some snowy mountains and we see two jeep type vehicles arrive george michael emerges with exactly what you're talking about glorious feathered frosted oh yes 
frosted and feathered mullet of sorts. Yes. Yes. I wrote down that it looked very 80s soccer mom-esque. <laughs> Didn't it? I mean, sort of, but with like a rugged appeal. George Michael is wearing this giant holiday smile. Like so almost like a caricature. Like, right. like I'm so happy that it's Christmas time and I'm going to be with friends. Right. This is the part in the video where we smile. It's <laughs> like really, really big. Yeah. And he's like feverishly waving to his group of friends that are waiting for him. And they're waving back. Everybody's happy, happy, big, big smiles. So happy. I mean, what's not to be happy about? They're like, are they in the Alps? Yes, they're in the Alps at a Swiss resort. Actually, this is interesting. So this song was released December 1984. And I believe that the video was recorded like the month before. I did read it was very last minute. And like friends and family were like, in the cast. Family and band members and backup singers were the group of friends that were getting together as longtime friends for this Christmas holiday in the video. And it's really funny because there's not a lot to the video. Like it's trying to tell a story, but it's actually very simple. And it's because they didn't have a lot of time to pull it together. Right. Because what I really wanted to see from the video, I wanted to see the very next day with the breakup. Like, that's what I was hoping for going into this video. And I was like, oh, that's not part of it. It's just implied. It was interesting. So we see George Michael put his arm around a blonde woman. She's wearing like giant white sunglasses. While this brunette woman with curly hair looks at him sort of forlorn. And you're thinking, what's wrong? I thought we're all friends here. I thought we were here for a good time. We get the impression and we learn later it's true that she's with the other guy from Wham. And yes, I Googled the other guy from and what came up on Google? Wham. His name is Andrew Ridgely, people. Poor Andrew Andrew Ridgely. He has a name. Poor Andrew. Like He is known as the other guy from Wham. That other guy in Wham. Yes, I know. Poor Andrew. Andrew, we love you and we appreciate your... We do. Contribution to Wham, damn it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he and George Michael are, were, George Michael, died on Christmas Day in 2016. Mm. It was devastating. Of natural causes. I had to look that up because I couldn't recall. It's so strange. I mean, this is a segue, but like the fact that he died on Christmas day and this song is so synonymous with every single Christmas that we've ever had since 1984. Yeah. But George Michael and Andrew Ridgely were childhood friends. He befriended George Michael when he was new to school and offered to be the kid to like show him around and stuff. See what rewards may await you if you befriend the new kid. I mean, you'll still be that other guy from Wham, (laughs) but at least you'll be part of Wham. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really not a bad gig when you think about it. Right. He and George Michael had a mutual love of music and they would bond over like Elton John and David Bowie. And six years later, After meeting at 12 years old, they decided to form Wham. There you go. So Andrew Ridgely is with the brunette woman with curly hair. Yes, right. They are together. Uh, He is also rocking a feathered mullet, but without the frosted tips. Without the frosted tips. And he has a little bit more like fringe in front. Like he wears a sensible bang. So we see all these people. There's like 20 of them. Like, oh, friends getting together for the Christmas holiday. And that sounds really fun to have like a friend's 
Christmas. Right. So we see all these friends and they're like carrying their duffel bags and skis through the snow, which looked really dreadful. And then we see this epic ginormous cabin and I'm like, oh, a cabin. My dream is to have essentially like a small cabin in the woods to live at all the time. And I don't know why. It's just cozy and nice. And and Christmas. And Christmas. But I want it all year round, but it will be especially nice at Christmas. But yes. Before we get inside the cabin, I have two comments. One, why did only a couple of people have skis? Like you're in the Alps. You're up at the top of a mountain. Bring your skis, people. Well, maybe they don't own skis. Maybe they're of the rental variety. Okay, I'll give you that. I wouldn't want to have to trudge my skis along with my duffel through the snow. That doesn't sound like a good time. I'll give you that. Very sensible. Lori is always a sensible one. Yes. My second question is, why is there not a gate to get through the fence around the house they have to climb over it every time they do I didn't even catch that (laughs) they jump over the little you know it's not a like hardy fence it's like one of those like wooden you know like for decorative purposes yeah but nonetheless there's no gate there's a little picket fence fence around it right there's a gate there has to be go back and watch it there is not a gate they jump over it every time huh yeah you know what I noticed whenever they're in the snow no one is wearing a hat and I'm like why because we see George Michael in the snow before he enters the house and it's really like the elephant in the video Katie his hair is frizzed out like he clearly (laughs) has wavy slash curly hair IRL and he feathers it straight when it's not damp conditions because his hair is out of control you know it's funny because when they're outside playing in the snow later on everyone's hair looks like they're outside playing in the snow and this now makes sense because it, it sounds like they just kind of threw this together they probably didn't have a really intense like hair and makeup department on hand oh my gosh their hair is soaking wet right which is what happens when you go out and go play You're in the snow sick So inside the cabin, we see the gang. They're all looking like warm and cozy, like a total Old Navy Christmas ad, right? Right. Like cute sweaters, bright colors. It's all warm light, happy faces. And George Michael looks like I'm the kooky and festive one because I'm wearing garland around my neck. Right. Like he's the elf of the gang, right? He's like the Christmas elf spreading good cheer. He's very enthusiastic about the holidays. Big giant Colgate smiles, man. Right. They're decorating. Yeah. So the forlorn brunette is decorating one side of the Christmas tree while George Michael is decorating the other and he makes his way to her and oops, accidentally drops garland on her and he kneels down to get it. And here they are face to face and they're locked in like this sort of knowing stare. And, and now we're like, oh, there's chemistry. There's something here between these two. Right. They have a moment. They have a moment. Then a guy comes in like covered in snow and firewood and, and the moment is gone. Right. And the brunette goes to her boyfriend, whose name is Andrew, Andrew Ridgely, Ridgely. The <laughs> other guy from Wham. Okay? Andrew Ridgely. There's a pop quiz at the end of right. this pod. Because one day you're going to be sitting in some trivia bar And this question is going to come up and you're going to be like, Andrew Ridgely, I know his name. (laughs) I know his name. And so the brunette and Andrew Ridgely kiss. And so now we cut to everyone outside sledding in their own winter wonderland in the Alps. 
And George Michael is alone in this like fur-lined parka and he's looking really uncomfortable and cold and sad alone. Like he's just was like, can you hit us over the head with the symbolism? He's outside the gateless fence. <laughs> he has on a very furry parka that yes. like covers his whole face. He has on a good dose of eyeliner and he's just looking very moody and furry in that moment. And very cold. Traumatic. He looks cold because probably it probably he was, was cold because they're in the Alps. Uh, but he has more coverage on than most people in that scene. But it's just, it's so dramatic. It's, it's like, very oh, dramatic. I'm outside the fun that is happening because <laughs> the very Outside the literal... Day, she gave Pick my heart away. But here's the question. So you're from Southern California. Have you ever gone sledding? Yes, I have one time. I've only been to the snow. Well, that's a thing that California people say. They the go snow. to the snow. It's they go to cute. the snow. I have only gone to the snow twice in my life. Okay. So I'm not very familiar with snow, my Wisconsin friend. An embarrassing but true fact about me is that despite having lived in many places with snow, including Wisconsin, I've never gone sledding. It's really fun. I This is what I hear. Yeah, it's really fun. A little bit scary and really fun. Yeah, I just somehow it like slipped through the cracks of all of the things that I have done. And you better do it soon because we're of the age where like you could break a hip, Katie. We all could break a hip right you now. You are not that old. Like um, Osteoporosis no. is knocking on our door. I do not have osteoporosis. I'm very confident in this fact. I have very dense bones. Have you had a bone density test? Um, Do you take calcium daily? So in nursing school, when they taught us about the risk factors for osteoporosis, and then they taught us about things that are protective, being in a larger body gives you denser bones because you're it's a weight bearing exercise. So okay. I am not worried about osteoporosis. That's like one of the few health benefits. I am worried about osteoporosis. I don't want to have to take Boniva. I don't want to have to take the pill that Sally Field is promoting. So there's now a snowball fight. The brunette lady builds a snowman and yeah, her hair is soaked and she doesn't know how to pack clearly for this trip. And I was thinking maybe she's from Southern California. Maybe. Right. Or I mean, they're all probably British, right? So from. Yeah. I actually think she was a model. Brighton. What's the, what's the, what's the place in England that's kind of warm. (laughs) Sure. That's what we'll call it. (laughs) Like we know. Yeah, she is a model. And I feel like she also shows up in the video for everything she wants. Like, was oh, she also a backup dancer? I don't know. They looked similar. Oh, I don't know. I didn't find any research on it. I just noticed when I was watching. So it's now nighttime and all the friends are gathered around with this giant dinner table and they're drinking and eating and laughing. And I miss that so much. And in real life, uh, everyone was eating and drinking and laughing and everyone was pretty <laughs> drunk at this scene method actors (laughs) they were getting into the holiday spirit and but everybody was feeling a little warm and toasty but George Michael was actually the one who was drinking the least he was taking it really really seriously this video shoot between takes like he would want to see the footage and he was actually really insecure about how he looked in this video and fun fact This is the last time we see George Michael clean shaven. From here on out, he always has a beard or stubble. He was really insecure. Huh. I mean, he is 
a good looking man. Oh, like for sure. It, and it's, it's always so fascinating to me. Like obviously how a person looks like just objectively from like an attractiveness point of view, like it doesn't matter, right? Everyone has their own insecurities. So poor George. I know. So we see Andrew Ridgely, the other guy from Wham. Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> Say it again. Andrew Ridgely. Come in and he's holding, he's bringing in a dessert with sparklers on it. I'm like, is it somebody's birthday? Is it now New Year's? Unclear. There's kind of some confetti type. Oh, so I thought maybe, maybe it, it is New Year's. New Year's. Maybe they're there for a whole week, hence the tree. Hence all the effort that goes into decorating a tree. And this makes much more sense that you would go and spend a week in the Alps with your friends. I yeah. mean, for people who can afford such things. Right. I'm sure there was a minimum <laughs> stay required at that. Right. For the holidays, you're not yeah. just going to stay there for and the realistic uh, logistics of rental <laughs> policies is totally considered in... <laughs> Music videos of the 80s. In, in November 1984. Yeah. Okay. So he comes in with this. It, the dessert is really small. I'm like, this isn't going to feed freaking 20 people. So we see George Michael at the end of the table with his blonde lady. And his hair is as voluminous <laughs> and feathered as it has ever been. And he's looking over at the other side of the table with the brunette who's drinking and cuddling with her boyfriend, Andrew Ridgely. Andrew Ridgely. And they exchange more looks. And I did notice George Michael was wearing a gold band on his left finger, question mark, question mark, question mark. But I think that was just a fashion choice. I don't think it was meant to imply anything. She also has a band on her ring finger. She does? I didn't catch that. Yeah. On her left hand? I think so. I was trying to figure out, like, is that the left hand? So, because there's the flashback, right? There's the flashback yes. to last Christmas. Yes. It's because it's near the brute. Bro- How do you say that? Brooch. Brooch. <laughs> Brooch. Brooch. Clearly, it's I wear weird. them often. So that's the question now. And I and I actually did watch this twice because I was like, wait, what just happened? I'm confused. No, he gave her the Swarovski crystal flower brooch brooch if you will you know a lot of details about that well I mean that's what it looked like I don't know that it was Swarovski but that's what it looked like okay so yeah I think the way that I saw it like my first impression and let's just go with that is that she was engaged at like this present day time to Andrew Andrew Ridgely (laughs) but she definitely had a ring on her ring finger which I assume was Uh. the left So we do see a close-up of the crystal flower brooch. And I had to rewind this because I'm like, is she wearing the brooch? No. Andrew Andrew Ridgely (laughs) is wearing the brooch. And that's when we go back to last Christmas and we see that, oh, wait, George Michael has a history with this woman. And we see them chasing each other in the snow. It's all playful and... And then in front of a fire and... You know, let's just talk about the snow for a second. Do people really run around, like couples in love, run around in the snow and chase each other? Is this a thing? I mean, I'm not... There's not any snow where I live, but I don't think that that would be a thing that I would do. I feel like falling in the snow is disastrous and you would be cold and wet and it's just not worth it. So... Often, when you live in a place where it's cold enough to snow, 
it's very, very cold for much of the winter and very unpleasant. So it has to sometimes get warm enough to snow. If it's very, very cold, it won't snow. So sometimes when it snows, you're so excited to have it be warm enough to go outside and frolic and play in the snow that you do go outside and frolic and play in the snow, even as an adult. Okay, so we see them fall in the snow together and laugh. Oh, they're in love. And now they're in front of a fire and he gives her a gift. It's the brooch. She lays on his chest. And now we learn she gave that brooch to Andrew Ridgely. Who does that? If you get a gift from an old lover, an ex, do you give it to your new beau? I don't think so. Yeah. And then it's upside down. Did you catch that too? It's upside down. Yeah. But especially when the person, somebody gave it to you, you're all friends. Like it just, it's just awkward. This isn't the same. It's a little bit the same, but it's not the same. So I was supposed to go to prom my senior year and I already had the dress. I bought it from Windsor. My mom plunked down like 80 bucks in 1994. It was a lot of money. I was excited. We were supposed to go on a limo with a group of people. And I find out like, I want to say like less than two weeks before prom. Oh, hey, he's not going with you anymore. He's going with his ex-girlfriend. His ex-girlfriend, who, to add insult to injury, was a year below us in school, Oh, no, right? she was two years below us. Oh, she, so, like, this was not her junior or her senior prom. No, but it was my senior prom, and it was his senior prom, and I was really hurt. My mom was pissed. So, here I am with a dress, no prom date suddenly, And the guy that I was supposed to go with, the one that really kind of aggressively comes to me and says, you know, I know we were supposed to go together, but we're not going anymore. And yeah, I still want to go in the limo. So like, you're going to have to be okay with it. He was a charmer. It wasn't even like he, we had a conversation about it. He came to me and told me how it was going to be. And it hurt me because I was excited to go to prom and I was excited to go to prom with him. He did after all ask me. And then I had to scramble to find a date. I found one. He ended up getting grounded. Couldn't go. Then I had to find another date. I was going through dates like Kleenex. It was awful. So then I ended up asking a friend and we went together and we went in that limo with the guy that I was supposed to go with and the new girl that he chose. And It was uncomfortable to share a 12-person limo with them. Right. And so, like, not the same as Andrew Ridgely and George Michael, but, like, I still had to be in Sort of. Like, where this person has scorned you, and now you have to be in social... Last prom, I gave you my heart, and the very next day, you gave it away to a girl that was two years younger, and I had to share a limo with you. Right. I mean, really, prom proposal, you gave him your heart, and by prom, he had given it away. Yeah. But it is weird to be in an environment, especially like really close quarters with a smaller type group of people with an ex with a history with their new, yeah, with their new partner, and you're like, wait, yeah, it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like if you gave something to an ex and then they gave it to their new partner. Yeah, that's just weird. That's really like in your face move. It's rude. Right. Like, okay, here's a thought. Do you think that there's ever, I bet that this happens and people don't know it. Like, so a guy proposes to a girl. Right. He gives her an engagement ring. Things don't work out. She's classy and gives the ring back to him. 
Right. Now he has this engagement ring, which any like self-respecting person would just take and like get money for it instead of keeping the ring to give to the next girl you propose to. But you know that it happens. Like You know it, it happens. It probably does happen. Yeah. Back to the video. So the next day we see all the friends leaving the cabin and we see George Michael and the brunette have their arms around each other. And you're like, wait, wait, what? But then we yeah. realize that was actually last Christmas. Because it pans to them again, and he's alone, and she's with Andrew Ridgely. Andrew Ridgely. Andrew <laughs> Ridgely. We got to Andrew. Okay, I didn't get that. Like, I was like, oh, are they just trying to show that, like, everything is, like, hunky-dory and, like, they're pals? No. Even they're not together. No, it was no. the Christmas before. It was I, the Christmas past. The ghost of relationships past. I don't want to judge the creators of this video. <laughs> They didn't have a lot of time, Katie. But I just feel like there is a lot of subtlety that is too high an expectation (laughs) of a video. (laughs) Complicated. Like, I did have to watch it twice to figure out what was going on. And I was paying attention the first time. The weirdest thing is, is it ends on this really anticlimactic note. So they all leave the cabin and they arrive back to like the sky tram. And then the video ends with like a a credit that just says, Merry Christmas and thank you. And I'm like, okay, you're welcome. Merry Christmas to you. How odd. (laughs) And thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And And you're so welcome. Thank you, Andrew Ridgely. Thank you, Andrew Ridgely. The video is a fun watch because it's like kind of hokey and it does look like it's put together kind of in a scramble. Yeah. I mean, it kind of looks like somebody's like home video or something, uh, which it kind of was. But (laughs) but it also like, I think that there was like part of me at that age who like really thought that that's what being grown up would be like, that I would be like sophisticated, like the girl in red with the brunette triangle haircut. Uh And that I would just yeah, like drink wine with my friends all the time and that that's what life would be like. And I am just here to tell you that I can probably count on one hand the number of evenings I've had like that. You know, those are special evenings when you're able to actually get everyone together because it's super rare, especially the older people get and then they have kids and it's like you're busy with travel baseball and you don't have a life anymore. So. Right. And I mean, I certainly have had like good fun gatherings with friends, but like, it's just never that fancy, you know, like it was a nice way to kick off the holiday season. I agree. And what's really cool about this song though, is that it was recorded without a band or producer. So George Michael actually ended up producing this song. He obviously contributed the vocals to it and he played every single instrument on this track. Now keep in mind, George Michael was not a musician, okay? Did he not play guitar? Did that come later? Because like in Faith, remember like in Faith, it's like all him playing guitar. Uh, Yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah. It was interesting because he recorded this song in a studio with just like a drum machine. And he painstakingly played the keyboards with like two fingers to do this. And it took forever. He was just there with the recording engineer. Why though? Because at this point they were successful enough, right? that it wasn't like a money issue was it just a weird like I just want to like I want to do everything on this song because that just really know yeah it's interesting though and then he ended up contributing all the royalties from this song to Ethiopian famine relief 
And he was also involved the same year with Band-Aid and Band-Aid. Yeah. Do they know it's Christmas? So he Mm. was part of that in 1984 and he was part of this. And so he has contributed all the royalties. Wow. Well, that was, I mean, that's very awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. It is. And uh, Barry Manilow thought the song sounded too similar to his 1978 hit, Can't Smile Without You. He took Wham! to court and the case was thrown out. I don't think that those two songs sound alike at all. I don't either. It's interesting because the song, if you actually take the time to listen to it, the background music is actually incredibly simple. It is relying very heavily on the vocals to carry the song. And it does, it works. But like, if you listen to the backing track, it's very, very simple. There's not a lot Involved. Because a non-musician was playing it. Right, that's exactly right. <laughs> so, And the song was actually written in George Michael's childhood bedroom. He and Andrew, Andrew Ridgely. Ridgely were in... Uh, we're visiting George Michael's parents the year before in 1983. And he recorded his, you know, the inspiration behind the song. And he played it for Andrew. And Andrew called it like a real moment of wonder when he heard what George Michael had created up there in his bedroom. Nice. That's a nice story. It was. And it carries on all these years later, which is really cool. It's a great Christmas song. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say this definitively because I don't know, but I do feel that like there was a certain point in history where a crossover happened where instead of just always traditional Christmas songs, there started to be more contemporary Christmas songs. So this was one of them. And I feel like, I don't know that it was the first, But it just seems like it was in that era where people started to record different Christmas songs that we could enjoy, aside from the classics. The classics are great. The standards are amazing, and we love them, and we go back to them every single year. But it is really nice. Like, for example, you could say songs like this gave way to other, you know, big hits to come, like Mariah Carey and All I Want for Christmas is You. I mean, she wrote that song. She's a songwriter, and I don't know that she gets the credit that she deserves just like George Michael, incredible vocalist, talent to spare, but he was also an incredible songwriter. Yeah. I mean, did you end up seeing Last Christmas, the film? No, I didn't even realize this was a thing until I read the show notes. It was cute. I mean, it wasn't the best Christmas movie I ever saw. It's it's a holiday But it's em- Emma Thompson's in it? Is no, it's no. actually um, Amelia Clark. From Game of Thrones. Oh, is Emma Thompson involved in it somehow? I thought oh, I read that. Oh, I'm name. sorry. Emma Thompson. Yes. Okay. She's involved. I'm sorry. Okay. Because I love her. Okay. Uh, so George Michael was actually involved in that film before he died. He greenlit the movie on the condition that Emma Thompson would write it. She ended up co-writing it and she did end up starring in it. When you said Emma Thompson... I was thinking the girl who plays the girl from Harry Potter. What's her name? Hermione. (laughs) What's her real name? What's her Uh, real name? (laughs) That was who I was thinking. I know exactly who you're talking about. And I, and I quite like her. I'm so sorry. One day we'll do an episode about you and we'll say your name as much as we say Andrew (laughs) Andrew Ridgely. Ridgely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So he had been involved in the film and the, the film was cute. It was heartwarming. I love Henry Golding. I think he is such an attractive man. Oh, I crush hard on him. Yeah, I feel like that's going to have to just be in my holiday movie rotation. Yes, I I recommend it. What's cute about that movie, though, is there is so much George Michael music throughout the entire 
film. And so that's what made it enjoyable. It is so sad that he's no longer with us. You know, he passed away when he was only 53. No, he was so young. And, you know, I don't think we talk about Elton John enough personally in the world, in life, but I'm just going to bring it up. In Lori's world, you can never talk about Elton John enough. I am a super fan. His duet with George Michael for Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me is the most incredible duet. It was, I believe, recorded in 91. Uh, You can YouTube it. You can download it. I highly recommend you do both. But that is recorded live, and it is one of the best live recordings of a song, at least in my mind, like ever. So this was released as a double A side with everything she wants. And this was actually recorded without a band or producer. So George Michael wrote everything she wants. And he said that it's the only song I've written that successfully came from a backing track first, because it was thrown together that way. I never looked at it as a single until everyone started saying that it was great. And it actually really was great. If you listen to the lyrics, the song is about a man who is breaking his back and he's working so hard for the woman in his life and she's just never satisfied. Right. George Michael said, it's not the kind of thing that I usually write about, but I've seen it happen in my life to men in my life. And so I felt like it was- I've seen it happen to to men in my life. So yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's a thing. And I have to say, as someone who is single, it frustrates me when I see men in these relationships, especially like men that I've dated. And then they go on to be in relationships like that. And I'm like, you could have been with me and you chose that. Who wasn't demanding, (laughs) right, that you kill yourself. Right. So it's, yeah, it's a baffling phenomenon to me as a single woman who is pretty laid back to be like, why, why, why are men so drawn to that? So on the one hand, I feel badly for him, like when he's sad, laying in bed, covered strategically by the sheet and feeling sad for himself. But on the other hand, I'm like, dude, you got yourself into this. <laughs> so. You know, I would agree with you, except when we listen to the lyrics at some point, He says, so now you tell me that you're having my baby. I'll tell you that I'm happy if you want me to. Ouch, that is a rough line, right? So now he feels like I I really can't leave. You're pregnant with my child. I want to be involved in my child's life. But he says, one step further and my back will break. If my mess isn't good enough, then how How can can it be be good good enough enough for two? two? I think because it was a departure from what the pop that Wham was, you know, famous for serving. I think that this is why George Michael said this was his favorite Wham song, because it is a deeper subject matter. And I think that it's something that men who've been in this position can really relate to. Yeah. The video for it is so interesting, though, because I feel like most of the video is in the background, the performance of the song at a concert. But then... It's, but then in front of that, like overlaid on top of that, George Michael singing very intensely into yes. the camera to the point that I like wrote down, like, uh, you know, the movie with everyone's name is escaping me today, but the blue steel where there's, you know, the guy who's the model, you know, who I'm Ben Stiller, about. Ben Stiller. I, I'm like, it's not Ben Affleck. <laughs> no, two very different Bens, a tale yes. of two Bens. So Ben Stiller and, and Blue St- Steel. And I was like, oh, I kind of feel like George Michael's got like the Blue Steel look going on there. But like super intense. And But then they'll pop up Andrew Ridgely. And he's doing like the background vocals. Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. Right. Do, and he's do. like, 
not intense at all. Like, he's no, just, he's very breezy. Like we have to talk about this video because like you said, the video itself is a giant paradox. It's juxtaposing between concert footage of them very peppy riling up a crowd and then this very serious subject matter. So the video opens with like roadies prepping the stage for a concert. And then we see like paper money is flying yes, down. Paper money that is not U.S. dollars. So Not I U.S. Like... dollars. And we see a female hand reach up and she's wearing a wedding ring. All we see is her hand and she's grabbing the money. And then it like keeps panning back and forth between that concert footage. Now, George Michael and Andrew Ridgely are walking on stage for their concert performance. They're so happy. They're so excited, like trying to get the crowd going. And then there's audio of the crowd cheering sort of overlaid on top of the track to the vocals, which is really distracting and kind of annoying. Like as a viewer, I'm like, these two things, one of these is not like the other. They don't really go together. Right. It was weird that they would fill the video with concert footage that doesn't actually really relate in any way. The other thing that really doesn't relate is when they're like doing jumps and flips in the air. Yeah. So at some point in the song, like Andrew Ridgely jumps up and does this like incredible somersault move and the background vocalists are looking at him like, what? What does jumping in the air and doing flips have to do with anything? I don't know. And I I mean, I got the impression that like they wanted it to look like it was happening at the concert when like clearly it couldn't have. Right. Um, like clearly he either was using a trampoline or he had like wires right. on him to make him well, fly. Well, it looked like high. he was getting catapulted out of a cannon. Right. Like, like it was very, very strange. Part of me was like, okay, if we want to be like metaphorical about all of this, let's say that's what we were going for in this moment. I almost understand like I'm doing backflips for this woman. I'm doing everything. Like I'm bending over backwards, but he wasn't, he was doing forward tumbling. Yeah. I was going to say, it'd be one thing if he was doing backflips, like across the stage, then I'd be like, okay, I could buy that. But like, this was just like, I'm shooting through the air. Yeah. It was weird. It was like a real evil Knievel situation. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Cause when we pan to George Michael singing and he's very serious, he's like alone in the dark with the spotlight shining on him. And he's reaching his hand into the air to like grab something invisible that cannot be attained. Like I'm, I'm working so hard for you. I'm trying to grab this thing. Oh, see, I just assumed it was like the contrast of like her grabbing the money and him being like, and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And so when George Michael's singing into the camera, like he is serving us some really aggressive eye contact, like meant to be a warning about like the pitfalls of material women. And Katie, he's trying to teach us something here. I think when you take the like moody, furry hood scene from the last video and then like this like really intense, like he likes to do something that my acting teacher used to call beautiful actor moments. And she was like, don't have too many beautiful actor moments. They're not as fun for the audience as they are for you. And I feel like he's just very like... Like, this is me looking my best. Like, this is me being very dramatic and having a beautiful actor moment right now. Can you see it? (laughs) And I just feel like there was a lot of that in this video. And I don't know. Like, I'm a fan of subtlety. You were talking about him shirtless in bed with the, the sheet draped over him. And he's, you know, he's looking like really pensive and sort of solemn. And then we see that same female hand 
with the diamond ring draping over his shoulder. And it's a really like, it's supposed to be a beauty shot. Right. I, instead of writing shirtless George Michael on my notes, I wrote a shitless George Michael. <laughs> See, I wrote poor George, sad and sexy. Sad and sexy moment. Like, I'm so sad, but I'm also irresistibly sexy. <laughs> and then that following that scene is when Andrew originally shoots out of a cannon. So it like, it doesn't really it's just so weird. <laughs> and you're right, because it keeps panning to Andrew Ridgely singing the Andrew uh-huh, uh-huh, chorus. And he looks like he's just bebopping around. Right. Like he's, he's like, I'm just I'm happy to be here. <laughs> he's like, I'm the other guy from Wham. <laughs> do, do, do. He's just, he's just happy to be there. He's he just happy to troubles. be there. He clearly is happy. With the girl from the last video, and he doesn't have these worries. I guess so. It's so funny. And this video ends with George Michael, you know, with his hand open to the sky, that same thing. And then, like, a cheering crowd. And this time, there is no end title card thanking me for watching. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it was fun to watch. It's a good song. Oh, it's definitely a bop. Like, it was stuck in my head. I remember really enjoying this song as a child. I didn't know what it meant. But I I really enjoyed it, even though the subject matter was really heavy. And Wham! did end up breaking up not too long after this. I was trying to find the reason why they broke up, like a definitive reason. And George Michael just simply said, like, we always said there would be no Wham! past the point where we were not enjoying it. And for him, as an artist, it became restrictive. He was ready to do other things musically. And he said, the directions I wanted to go had nothing to do with the original concept of the group. So they gave their final performance at Wembley Stadium on June 28th, 1986. So not too long after this. And, you know, Andrew Ridgely did put out a book and I don't actually, I didn't actually. Was it called? I was the other guy from (laughs) Wham. Because you know what? The publisher should have done that. (laughs) The other guy from Wham. I mean, Andrew, we love you We got to laugh about it. But But he talks, you know, a lot about his relationship with George Michael and their history. And it sounds from the excerpts that I read that like, it really was a great time in his life. And I think he was honestly just happy to be there. Yeah, he seems like a really good guy. I mean, it's not surprising in a sense that they sort of parted ways at some point, because George Michael did have that really like intense kind of energy of like, you know, and Andrew originally just seemed like he was like, this is fun and I'm having a good time and this is great. And so I could see that, that maybe that wouldn't carry forward, but. Yeah. I mean, the departure, when you think about what George Michael went on to do, right. When he went on to do the faith album and freedom 90, all, all of the stuff, Papa was a rolling stone. All of his music was just so different than wham you understand he was a creative genius in his own way that had a vision for how he wanted to express himself and it just didn't fit within the confines of what wham was right it's nice that it didn't seem like he had to go through some sort of like rebellious as far as i know i mean i don't know but like you know when one person breaks off from a group sometimes it's very dramatic and it's very like i'm going my own way and right Um, And it seems like that, that it was just an appreciation of like, this was what it was. And now I'm moving on. And Wham was 
fun. And I don't know that there was a lot of pretense with it. I think we just took it for what it was and had a good time with it. This song, perhaps aside, I don't really know much about their catalog other than Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. I don't know that they went on to tackle difficult subject matter, but if you're interested in sort of like maybe a part two to everything she wants, George Michael said that on the album 25, that was a follow-up. There's a song called Understand, and apparently this is like part two of what happens to this couple. I love it. Love it. When people do this, John Mayer does this famously. He kind of has some part twos to his songs, which if you're in the know, you're in the know. And it's it's fun trivia. But so he says in the song, understand that it's about that man realizing that his lady cared more about their love and relationship than he than he had known. So there's some redemption there. I didn't go back and listen to that song. But for those diehard fans, that might be a fun little part too. If you're a fan of everything she wants to find out what happened next. Right. Go back. Go listen. And yeah. uh, no Andrew originally on this one. But <laughs> <laughs> he gave us all he could. Do, do, do. Thanks so much for joining us. If you can't wait to hear more, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. And because we're newbies in this space, if you'd leave us a rating and review wherever you listen, it would mean everything. You can find us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at the Untitled Gen X Podcast. We hope you keep in touch, beautiful people. Bye. Bye.